Welcome back to Castles Council, episode number three in the series. Uh, before we get into this week's podcast, uh, there is a little bit of housekeeping that I have to do from uh, last week. I had some feedback from you guys out there. And one of the things that actually came back that did concern me um, from a point of view of who I am was I finished the podcast last week off by saying, I don't give a fuck. And uh, the truth is, I actually do, but that wasn't what I was trying to say. When I say I don't give a fuck, I mean I actually don't care whether you like what I have to say or don't have to say. I care about you and I care about the topics I talk about, but I don't really care if you like what I have to say or don't have to say um, because I'm going to say what I need to say anyway. So just in terms of when I do finish up my podcasts with that line, understand that I do care, but I'm not too worried about whether you like what I have to say or not have to say. So moving on from that, we're talking about recreational drugs, although they're the gateway to bigger problems. And uh, with me today, uh, I have a special guest, uh, Bronwyn Smith. Bronwyn, welcome to Castles Council. Thank you. Uh, Bronwyn is, uh, is it recovering? Is that the right word? Recovering? Or, or how? I'm in recovery or I'm a recovering addict. Recovering addict. Okay. Yeah. So I like, I'm never sure how to actually, because you know, you, you talk about alcoholics being... Recovering alcoholics. Recovering, I suppose they do the same thing. <laughs> huh? Okay. So that was quite stupid, Stephen. Well done. <laughs> so the reason why we got Bronwyn here today, Bronwyn's got quite an interesting story and I will post the, those links to those stories on, on the website as well. But Bronwyn's got an objective view or a, a little bit more insight to, to the drug problems out there than I think I have. Just in terms of my drug story, I don't have one. Um, I've never tried a drug in my life, never taken a tablet, never done any sort of drug. The biggest thing I've done, I think, is drink. And I, I did dabble in a little bit of steroids as a, as a youngster. But I pretty much, I've never tried a recreational drug. So, Bronwyn, yeah. can you give us just, obviously, the listeners out there, just a little bit of insight as to who you are and, and your journey? Yeah, sure. So, I've, I've been in recovery for um, just, I've just had five years, clean and sober. But it started um, with drinking um, back when I was in about standard six. Um, and I think it was in standard six as well, I first tried uh, marijuana or weed. And then it started becoming more regular in standard seven when I started smoking more weed and drinking a lot more. And by standard eight, when I moved from Durban to Joburg, uh, I actually tried my first acid. It was a microdot. Yeah, so it, just, it was very progressive. And I eventually ended up, well, five years ago, I was, I mean, I suppose an addict will say they'll do whatever's, whatever's going, you know. But my drugs of choice were cats and GHB. When I went into rehab, I found out I also had a codeine addiction. So, All right, yeah. so you said an interesting thing now. You said that it was a progression. You, it was a progression. You started somewhere and you progressed. Yeah. Is that progression because you need a bigger fix? Or is it just the progression onto a bigger drug? What, 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 what is the bigger drug? It does, it does progress. And I, I know if, I'd, if I hadn't gone into rehab for the, what was the second time for me in, at the end of 2013, um, I probably would have ended up on crystal as well. I'd tried crystal meth. But a lot of my friends that I used to jaw with, they, that's, they all, I suppose they do you progress to, um, to harder drugs. Explain so, to me the progression story. Because as a, a non-drug taker, yeah. I don't understand, and, and the understanding for me is, and it's something actually what I was talking about today with some people, mm. and I, for me, what my point of view was that if you start drinking, we yeah. all start with a beer and a wine, yeah. okay? And then as we go along, we look for something that's going to get us, get us to that point quicker. Yeah. And that point being that point of confidence, that point of fun, that point of yeah. you don't really care, or you're not really thinking about your issues. Yeah. And you, that normally comes along the lines of, as you said, the shooters, the stronger alcohol. Yeah. So that, that is the progression of getting you to that point quicker. Yeah. So It's the is, same kind of thing with that. And also, I think it also... 
like for me, uh, I've always been curious. Fortunately, for yeah. uh, you know, that's where I've ended up in recovery now, or yeah. my, that's where my addiction took me. But yeah. some people can just stop. Um, they can try things that I've tried, and they can just stop. Others, like me, I've it started off as fun. It eventually became a necessity. And uh, and for me, like you know, I've tried like the ecstasy and that kind of thing. But then I got to a point where I found cats because cats gave me energy, confidence, um, made me talk a lot. But I didn't, I didn't pull faces and look, you know, um, yeah. out of it all the time. So it's it, it's getting to that place quicker. And yeah, that's the progression. Yeah. Okay, which leads me then back to the point of what we what we're talking about today is is that the case that recreational drugs then are going to take you to a bigger place later. I believe they will. So it, it, that's your story. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and obviously, since you've been out, or you, while you're in rehabilitation, you've been yeah. helping and mentoring others. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can. Yeah, well, you can. So yeah. you go and you speak to guys and you visit them and you give them a helping hand. It's almost like yeah. a, a uh, what do you call that? A sponsor. Yeah, so so step twelve. Yes, yeah, so I'm a sponsor. I've got a I've got a sponsee. I've had a few sponsees over the years, but I've currently got one sponsee, mm-hmm. and I do try help people where I can because with step twelve, it's basically about you know passing the message on and helping others. So yeah, so it's basically so I've been I have done lots of service work um in in past in the years chairing meetings I've, I've shared my experience strength and hope um had sponsees you know don't say so that again what, what is that you, what did you share yours my experience strength and hope so basically my story that you're going to be sharing the link of okay so like where where i was or, or how, sort of like how your journey what, yeah my journey so that is the process then yeah okay so then the interesting conversation that's coming up is now we've just had in this country they've legalized marijuana yeah okay in your opinion is that a wise thing? Are I you, don't think so. Or you think uh, so? In your opinion, you're not you're not up for it. You're not no, happy. See, I think from from little from the few conversations I've had with friends or, or various people, um, you know, the legalizing of it. I think a lot of people have also misconstrued the idea of the legalizing of it. Like, you know, obviously it's more for it's for home use, and you know, to grow you can grow your own, but not to sell and that kind of thing. That's that's the kind of stuff I've heard. Yes. I may be wrong, I'm, uh, you know, yeah. whatever the case is, but I, I do believe that, you know, legalizing stuff, I mean, fair enough, alcohol is, is legal, and that's also a drug, you know, it's mm. just in liquid form. So, yeah. you know, I suppose it is a bit like them with alcohol. I know a couple of guys in the bar now will disagree with you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Well, from, from what I've just sort of been looking at and looking at the whole marijuana story, yeah, is um, the, the legality behind it is that you're allowed to grow for yourself and you're allowed to use what you grow. You're not allowed to sell. And you're not allowed to distribute. Yeah. Um, currently, there's nobody allowed to grow. Uh, there's no licenses issued, so that process hasn't happened yet. But okay. from what I can gather, is the biggest thing behind the legalization of marijuana, where it's happened in other places around the world in particularly uh, Washington and Colorado, there's yeah. two states in America it's, that's been there for six years now. It's become a billion-dollar industry. So there's a, long, there's, there's a lot of thought behind the idea that the only reason why they're legal in it here is that somebody wants hold of that little market. And I think that's, that's a big avenue. I think people are forgetting about the money that's involved here. Yeah. There has been good done with the money overseas, where they've done it in Canada recently is also legalized it yeah there have been good things done with the taxation on it and going back to the schools and all that type of thing but i think in a society like ours and, and what i mean by that it's a we are a third world society yeah you know, and an education line that's 
slightly less and we have less educated base that we work with here. Legalizing a drug like marijuana is going to cause, I would think initially, a definite surge in the use of it. Yeah. Now, on research for, of other countries, there was initially a spike in the use of marijuana in those two states, yes. Washington and Colorado. Basically, they've, they've reported now over the last five years, it's actually just tapered off where the use is pretty much the same as it was prior to it. That's fine for a country that's in a position where there's correct policing. We don't have that society. Yeah. And I feel that we're sitting in a position where we are creating a problem without correct policing of a system. My thing is, if we're going to legalize marijuana, are we not going to possibly create a wave of drug addiction? I believe so. I do, yeah. Do you, in your experiences working with different people now, and even while you were using, did you find many marijuana users progression? Or have you experienced them now since your... I've definitely noticed a progression. A lot of people... That I, that I do know or have come into contact with, they, they don't even really believe that marijuana is a drug. You know, a lot of people say to me, you know, it's medicinal, it's natural, it's this, it's that. But I, I honestly, both times I was in rehab, I had people in there that were only in there for marijuana addictions. And a lot of people in my life, I've, I've seen the progression. Um, and it's not that they'll even let go of the marijuana, they'll continue with the marijuana, but they'll, they'll use it maybe to come down off other drugs that are more of an upper. So you actually have people in rehabilitation solely for marijuana. Yeah. But I always hear that it's not, there's no, you don't really get addicted to marijuana. I, I think to differ. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, that is actually one of the first things that a lot of marijuana smokers say, will actually say. I know. That you don't get addicted. You, they like it. It's fun. It relaxes Chalky me. Yeah. So there is a, you have seen it firsthand yeah. yourself. Uh, you also, you went down that path yourself. Yeah, um, it was. It's never been. Um, I was speaking about it earlier, actually. Um, it's never been my my drug of choice, and I mean, I've obviously have used it mm-hmm. over all my different over all my years. But it's, I would say when I was living in the UK, I used it more the most frequently. I used it every night, so I smoked it every night. Um, but other than that, it's been after a jaw when you're now trying to come down and chilling, and I've had a bit. But I've, it's never been a big thing for me. Okay. Yeah. Because as I said, that's always been one of the things that I, I was wanting because I always get that argument that it's not addictive. And it's the same yeah. as I suppose alcohol that you... Now the next question is that you're mm. going to have the people out there saying, sure, but that's maybe because you've you got an addictive personality. Could okay. be. Do you have an addictive personality? Yes, I do. Okay. Yeah. And the addiction, the addiction of, well, the addictive personality is based upon the idea that you're, you want to try. And then once you do, you're, the, yeah. you're in the disease of more basically they say what have you done now that's your your new addiction that's not taking you back there well i'm sure you have to find something because if that's who you are you need something to be addicted to to keep you going but healthier stuff (laughs) preferably yes so Um, so what so what have have you done i have found like in the beginning of my recovery it was shopping (laughs) it was an addiction okay um tattoos um, you haven't got many tattoos, though. Uh, I do. Actually. I do. Yeah. Okay. Well, sorry, I'm just I, looking at no, no. <laughs> I've seen one or two. Okay. No, they're more uh, well, okay. on my body. Yeah. Right. 
and then yeah, I, I suppose series, all sorts of different things. Uh, yeah, yeah. I just, I just, try I think, do things in the excessive. Try and occupy your mind. Yeah. Okay. But nothing. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't say there's anything that. I mean, I wish I'd got um, addicted to. I wish I could get addicted to exercise. You know, because I think a lot of people do turn to exercise. Uh, that high, that adrenaline. Yeah. If you have somebody. Yeah. That you care for, and particularly, I had a um, where this whole idea came from was I got a message on from somebody on Facebook saying, can we look at, and could possibly one of the podcasts down the line, discuss this particular sub-topic. And yeah. That's why, why I got onto it. Because they had, their, their child started off with marijuana and has progressed to the point of now where that child is now in, in rehab. Um, and we both know people through years that have gone through the same process. What, what does a person do... First of all, what are the signs? As I said to you before we started this podcast, yeah. I have no idea. I'm oblivious to this because I've never tried it and I've got a little bit wise about it. I'm still pretty stupid when it comes to picking up the issues and the problems. Yeah. What are the signs to look for in, in, in somebody for drug abuse? What do, what do we look for? How do we, how do we recognize something? See, it depends on how far down the line it is or exactly what you, I suppose, I suppose it's behavior. So attached to a lot of addiction is, is bad behavior. Um, so bad behavior like what? Aggression, like anger, getting defensive. Is that the drug or is that the addiction? I would say it's the addiction. It could also be that, you know, how many drugs they've had. Do you know what I mean? Like if it's been a binge, um, like I would find for myself after a weekend binge that's sort of on a Monday, Tuesday, it almost call, it's almost like steak knife Tuesdays, you know, where you get, you just get down, depressed, steak, steak, steak knife, knife Tuesdays. <laughs> steak knife Tuesdays. Yeah. Okay. Stay so away from steak knife Tuesdays. Yeah, I'd say like if someone gets down or if they, it depends on what drug they are on yeah. or what they're taking. So there's definitely a personality shift. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. If you if you recognize that and you see it, and, and particularly, not so easy when it's an adult. Yeah. But if you start noticing your ch- or child or a child is, what do you do? What can you do? What is the, I mean, it's easy, yeah. for, it's easy for yourself as an adult. You got to the point of where you knew you had to make, and you made that decision, a conscious decision. Yeah. How do you as a third party get involved in that? It isn't always easy, you know, because unfortunately, like, the person, that, like, the addict has to, or the person that's using has to admit that they've got a problem. The, that's that's the first step to actually, I suppose, that's the build the foundation of you wanting to get help. If I, could, I can only really use my own experiences, as, no, please. you know, but like with my parents, um, for me it was fair enough. I was working, so I wasn't. I wasn't maybe they didn't know my in my younger years with my my use. But as it progressed and it got worse and it started interfering with me waking up late for work or being snappy or losing a lot of weight. I actually saw you. You stopped. You left school at standard nine. Yeah, I dropped out of school due to the drug. Not really. Um, I, I suppose it was due to my, my first love of my a boyfriend that was a school dropout. Mm. Um, I'd also started dabbling, as I mentioned. I, was, I mean, I was going to White Horse and stuff and Standard 8 and hitching and you know, all that sort of stuff. And that's yeah. when I started the acid and that kind of thing. But I think it was also just a rebe- I've always been a bit of a rebel. So that was also... I'd say I don't think it was t- totally to do with the drugs while I dropped out. So you can't really make the change for somebody else. They you need to... You know, they, yeah. They need to recognize it. They so do need how to. do you sponsor somebody that's young that hasn't recognized their problem? How do you help them? Okay, so they obviously do get people that, that get sent to rehab by their parents. So, so if, it, if it has got to that point where there's a definite issue and they need to go to treatment... Is that the, is that the only answer? To go to rehab? Yeah. Not only... 
there's other people that can't i mean i've had people recently contacting me um after because I, I often share for my my yearly posts for yep. my five years and some people don't have the money to go to rehab or they're on to medical aid or they they're you know work-wise they can't go or can't get out of work whatever the case is so there is the option and i've got a lot of friends that have cleaned up by just going to meetings and and doing the five pillars which is basically meetings sponsor getting a sponsor and um, doing step work because there's a 12 steps to getting a service position what, and higher power what's, what's the 12 steps so it's the it's the uh, 12 don't, steps don't you tell of, me all of them i'm just like what is a step Okay, so like step one is admitting you're powerless over your addiction and that your life has become unmanageable. So, and then step two is accepting a power greater than yourself can restore you to sanity. Okay. So it's, it's, just, so it's just various steps. It's almost affirmations. Yeah. It's affirmations. Yeah, yeah. kind of. Um, it's, it, I can divulge further into it with you yeah. or, or show, you, um, yeah. show you a bit about them. But sure. basically, when you, I started it when I was in treatment. Um, in rehab but you can you can do it with your sponsor and there's various step working guides and and also a lot of stuff on the net and you step one is there's lots lots of writing and stuff that goes on but it's basically for, for me for step one it's all my my bad things that happened in my addiction and that that becomes my movie that i play through before thinking about picking up a drink or a drug so we, we we've established that Based around your experiences, not just your own, yeah. but the experiences you've had with the others that you have yeah. either sponsored or just been part of their journey because you were part of going through yours with them at yes. the same time. You do then feel that recreation drugs are gateways to bigger things. I, I believe it can. It's yes. not going to be that for everybody because everyone's got different strengths. But I think what we can agree on is that why would you want to tempt that mm. and play with that? I think that's the question is if you're going to allow something to be legal that was illegal yeah um and and possibly con controllable or made to be feared yeah now make available to somebody to, to dabble in it could possibly open the doors to more i believe it can all right so yeah in in in, in wrapping up i think what, what we have discovered is that there definitely seems to be a case of and even though there are certain stats that show it's not necessary that hasn't really happened to the degree that we would think it is in terms of even even the crime stats. There's, there yeah. hasn't been massive growth in crime and there hasn't been massive growth in, in, in drivers being impaired because of it. Those stats all come out of countries that are first world based. I'll be very interested to see what happens in the next five years in this country. Yes. As a third world country, like we are, and in terms of the recklessness that we have in the society we really live in, what sort of stats are we going to draw in the next five years? For sure. Robin? Yes. Thank you for coming in and, and chatting to me. I, I think I learned a lot more than, than uh, well, I'm hoping I learned as much as the guys listening learned, but I'm, I'm a little bit wiser now, I think, than I was when we started this. So thank you for coming in. Thanks for sharing your story. Pleasure. I will post your link up of your story because I think those that like to read it, and hopefully uh, if there's anybody out there that does need help, yeah. they can get hold of you how would they find you if they needed to make contact or how do they find somebody that can help them they, they're welcome to get hold of me um, how would I, they do that but you've you got an email address yeah I've got an email address okay so, so they can contact you on your email your yeah, email list yeah that's fine um, bom b-o-m smith s-m-i-t-h 78 at gmail.com alright bomsmith 78 at gmail.com if you either you are going through some difficulties you know somebody going through something you want to reach out, you want to share, get hold of Bronwyn, Bomb Smith, 78 at Gmail. Bronwyn, thanks for coming in. I do appreciate the time and uh, good luck. Thank you. Going forward. I hope it all goes uh, sailing for you. Thanks very much. Try and get addicted to that, that physical fitness thing. It's lovely. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> all right, there we go. 
the voice uh, of Bronwyn Smith coming in and giving us a little insight into her journey and, and her views of her experiences with recreation drugs and whether they are the gateway to bigger problems. Um, I think from those words of Bronwyn and a little bit I've learned today and, and my thoughts about the whole process of, of drugs and, and making it legal now to, to start with a baseline drug, I, I don't think it's a, it's a good sign or a good, a good idea currently. I think the whole idea is to generate money for somebody somewhere along the line. And I'm not, I'm not dissing the idea of marijuana for medicinal purpose. Uh, it has value. We've seen the values. We've heard the values. The point of the matter is growing your garden, growing your, some, some uh, plants in your garden and smoking it yourself is, I don't believe, adding any value to any society that we live in. So in closing today, remember it's uh, nice to be important, but it's more important to be nice. My name is Stephen Castle, and I don't give a fuck. <laughs>